The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, when John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to Jesus, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you see and hear, how the blind receive their sight, how the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. Now, as they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. And he said, what, what did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken in the wind? What did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look at those who wear soft robes in their royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written, see, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Christ, be our light. Shine in our hearts, shine through the darkness. Christ, be our light. Shine in your church gathered today. Amen. In our Advent sermon series, Longing Through the Holidays, we are looking at different types of longing that people can experience as we think about that very particular longing for Jesus, which is the focus of the Advent season. We began our series by talking about our collective longing for the light to come into the world, the light of God to come in a time of darkness and uncertainty. Last week, we explored a longing for peace, peace that surpasses our understanding. And this week, we look to a very concrete longing, longing for the very essentials of life, longing for food, that many are hungry, longing for water, as many still thirst. Food insecurity. It is a barrier to human flourishing. It's hard to do well in school or at work when you don't have felt healthy food fueling your body and brain. It's hard to grow healthy and strong when you don't have regular access to clean water. Longing for food, longing for water, this is a longing for life. It's the type of longing that cannot be sustained for very long. Because you can't live without food and water. But today, 11% of American households experience food insecurity. 
11.2 million children in this nation live at risk of hunger. One in six children in central Pennsylvania are hungry right now. Now, some of you don't need to hear numbers to know this. You have experienced this hunger firsthand. The effects of hunger are not simply going hungry. Hunger is not always obvious, especially in children. Children who experience hunger, they may not look hungry, but their immune systems are being compromised and weakened. They are at a higher risk of diabetes and heart disease. They have more headaches, stomach aches, anemia, asthma, and colds. The stress of hunger can lead to greater risks of depression and anxiety. Frequent hunger means more absences from school for children and adults who miss work and therefore missed paychecks. Now, there is a greater awareness, I think, of those who go without in this, the Christmas season. For a couple of months, folks are feeling very grateful for what they have and, and charitable towards others. We can thank Charles Dickens a little bit for that feeling. Looking for a quick fix, maybe a, a dose of the feel goods, there's an influx of donations right into this community. My friend Bill, who was an advocate for the homeless in Atlanta, he himself had experienced a decade, over a decade of homelessness. He used to say uh, that, that we sure do appreciate the food and the gifts this time of year. But he said, folks are hungry in the spring and the summer too. Bill was pointing out how short doses of seasonal charity it doesn't really address the root causes of the longing for food and water and shelter and health care. Longing for food, many are still hungry in June. And what is needed are long-term relationships, deep-rooted relationships, rooted in investment in the community, Partnerships where those who were hungry have the opportunities that we all deserve to use our intellect and our skills to be able to achieve the means of ensuring that there is always enough food on the table and money in the bank and, and maybe even enough to be able to take a day off and do something for fun once in a while. People deserve access to quality education and training and work to earn a living wage, to, to have jobs and businesses located in their communities where capital can be built, as well as dignity and pride in one's place. This pride and this dignity are actually often, it's hard to believe this, but if you think about it, they're, they're actually often damaged, pride and dignity by short-term Christmas time charity and giveaways and handouts. It's been termed toxic charity. Outsiders come in with free stuff to feel like saviors, but when they leave, salvation has not taken root and the longing remains. Now, John the Baptist, he had seen his fair share of short-term saviors. Jesus was not the first or the last of his time to gather a following and rumors of being the long-awaited Messiah. 
Jesus himself warned his followers about false teachers and those who would come in his name, deceiving people with false hope, serving only their own ego and their own needs, providing nothing of value or lasting significance to the people. People of God had been longing for a savior for a very long time. And John the Baptist, he preached that all of that longing, all of that waiting and hoping for rescue, it would soon pay off. The kingdom of God is near, he said. And when Jesus arrived, John stuck his neck out for him, telling everyone that this is our guy. He is the savior. John staked his credibility as a prophet on Jesus being the one about whom the prophet Isaiah said that those who are afraid, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance and with divine retribution. He will come to save you. But after Jesus was baptized by John and began his ministry, questions arose about some of Jesus's quirks, his his actions and his teachings. For one, he he didn't seem to be in too much of a hurry uh, to build up a a force that could take on Rome and put him on Israel's throne. Jesus was literally kicking around dust in the Galilean countryside and, and fishing with his friends and going to fancy dinners at tax collectors' houses. And that doesn't sound to John too much like one who is coming to rescue the oppressed with divine retribution. John, meanwhile, himself got thrown into jail. From behind bars, he heard how Jesus was acting and and how he was taking his time and and cozying up with with crooks and riffraff and and feasting and drinking and not preparing, as John saw, not preparing physically and spiritually to conquer Rome and the world. So John sent Jesus a message asking, so are you the one to come? Are you the one to come or or should we just keep on waiting, longing for another? Another and another and another. Are you just another phony here to feed off the praise of a few peasants? Because if you are, we will not waste a single moment more on you, and we will wait for our true salvation. When you've been longing for change for so long, when you've managed to hold on to hope that things can get better, and when you've been burned in the past, had your hopes dashed, well, at some point, you just can't wait anymore. John was giving voice to the longings of the people, calling out corruption and hypocrisy, and it landed him in jail. So he doesn't have time to waste on false hope. We need the real deal, true and everlasting salvation. Now, there is much to be said for learning how to wait faithfully. But when it comes to hunger, we just can't wait any longer. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote about this when he, like John the Baptist, was locked behind bars in the Birmingham jail. Dr. King wrote to white ministers of the clergy saying, for years now I've heard the word wait, and it rings in the ear with piercing familiarity. This wait has almost always meant never. 
we must come to see that justice too long delayed is justice denied. He said, perhaps it's easy for those who have never felt the stinging darts of segregation to say, wait. But when you see the vast majority of your 20 million brothers and sisters smothering in the airtight cage of poverty in the midst of an affluent society, when you are forever fighting a denigrating sense of nobodiness, then you will understand why we find it difficult to wait. There comes a time when the cup of endurance runs over and men and women are no longer willing to be plunged into the abyss of despair. King adds, I hope, sirs, that you can understand our legitimate and unavoidable impatience. That line sums up John's request to Jesus on behalf of all creation groaning for salvation. I hope, sir, that you can understand our legitimate and unavoidable impatience. For those who have never felt the stinging darts of hunger or the smothering airtight cage of poverty, perhaps it is easy to say, well, go to the pantry, go to the soup kitchen, get a, a job or, or three. For those longing for the stability of a regular, well-paid work and good food, for children who struggle to hold on to a glimmer of possibility of a life beyond the denigrating cycles of generational poverty. I hope that we too can understand that legitimate and unavoidable impatience in regards to all short-term charity rather than creative and innovative solutions. What if communities and places of worship and charities turned their collective imaginations and resources to commitments to bring good news to the hungry? What if we struggled on behalf of those who pray with earnest, please, dear Lord, give us this day some daily bread? What if we work to feed not just growling stomachs, but to feed hope? For those who are experiencing food insecurity, that they, don't, that they too have the right and the possibility to work and buy their own food or grow their own food or cook their own meals and set their own tables for loved ones gathered around. This goes beyond charity to fighting that denigrating sense of nobodiness. As John wondered about Jesus, so the hungry can ask of well-meaning helpers. They could ask, are you interested in placing the means of salvation in our hands, in dismantling systems of racism and greed that perpetuate poverty? Or are we just to go on waiting in lines for the more drip, drip of handouts? Bread for the World is a global organization whose mission is ending hunger. They say that the best long-term means to ending hunger is an end to racial and gender discrimination, more jobs with a living wage, and affordable and accessible health care. They say when marginalized groups or people living in extreme poverty turn to violence, hunger is very often the underlying factor. So Bread for the World says the only way to end hunger with dignity is to enable people to earn the income that they need to provide enough healthy food for themselves and their children. So as a people of faith, we, we have hope in a God who doesn't just keep saying wait. 
but a God who hates injustice and promised to act. We have hope in the God whom the psalmist said executes justice for the oppressed and gives food to the hungry and sets prisoners free, who watches over immigrants and upholds orphans and widows. Jesus sent word back to John in prison, John who Jesus loved for his righteous anger and passion on behalf of the oppressed. And he says, tell John what I've been up to, what you've seen and heard. He couldn't see it. He was in prison. Tell him how I've been restoring the dignity of the oppressed and the vulnerable, healing minds and bodies and souls, bringing life back to people, to places where you thought it was long dead, taking actual good news right to the people who long for it the most. All who hunger are seen by that kind of God, that God, the God of the Old Testament and the New, who cares passionately and who has acted and who brings salvation. Those who hunger should be able to look to the followers of that God for real, tangible fruits of salvation that start today. So that's ending generational poverty and hunger and helping create the means to work and to eat and to flourish that will last for all generations, right here in Allison Hill. As we sang this morning, our prayer is that God make us your bread, broken for others, shared until all are fed. So may we create systems and communities where resources are shared justly and sustainably and all have the assurance that they shall hunger and thirst no more. May we join God in forming long-term relationships, restorative communities that break down barriers between helpers and the needy, creating instead one great fellowship. And that's what we call the kingdom of God. And it is at hand. Amen.